Lindsay Kitchen, the English florist. Today, returning from lockdown, part one. Well, where to begin?、Um, the last time we spoke was、um, the twenty something of March.、Mm. Um, it was a Monday. I remember it was a Monday, and then the following week we had to lock down, and we were just really upbeat and well, what will be will be.、Mm. And here we are, twelve weeks later, and we're still not out the other side. I thought we made an、uh, arrangement that I wouldn't appear on your program I again. <laughs> But I, I feel, I feel like there's so much to say,、mm. so much to ponder, to look over, to mull over, to to get out there. Because I have to say, I think this has been the hardest thing whew, I've ever done. Do you be in lockdown? Yeah. yeah. How about you? Did you think it was going to be easier? No, I did. I think it was going to be easier. Yes, I did. Yes,、mm. I did. I thought I would be fine. Yeah.、Um, What's not fine? The loneliness.、Mm. Um. <sighs> The、um, the people not having people around, the isolation, crippling. I've got. I wrote down things because it's been such a hole that、yeah. I've I've fallen into. I'm just. I'm looking at a piece of paper in front of you, <laughs> and, and you called it a mind map. I, I think if you were psychologically looking at、mm. that, you look you look at that as a stream of consciousness.、There's, yeah, it is. It's it's a、uh, yeah. It's been. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. It's nearly three months. Yeah. I don't feel. Um, that this social distancing thing works because it has to physically work, but mentally it just doesn't work for me. It certainly doesn't work for me, and I I decided because I know you said we should just go straight back into the the English florist、mm. podcasts, and I just felt I had so much to say about this period that we've been living through. That if I have something to say, and I have all of these emotions, this whole piece of A4 scrabble, you know, mass scribbled with words and thoughts and emotions,、um, that I should share it really because I just feel like everybody else has a story to、uh, to tell, and maybe they can kind of feel a little bit more reassured to know that we're all in this together, and that there isn't. Someone, everyone has a story, and most of them aren't particularly positive. I would、mm. say, or they've been a bit of an awakening, but we're all doing it differently, and we will come out the other side. But it's important to know that we're not alone. And so, I figured if we have a podcast platform,、mm. that this was a good place to talk about all of those feelings and. And the situation. I remember just before Christmas, Sam, my wife,、uh, I was talking to her, and and I said, "Lins, you know, if I could just have three months, four months off, then I could probably do so much with my business and all the things I've wanted、mm. to do, and and with my life and and stuff like that." And and、um, careful what you wish for. I know, because <laughs> when this happened, Sam turned to me about a week into it and said. No, when we had that conversation、yeah. about you wanting three months, I did too. Said, yeah, but I didn't really want it quite like this. No, there's just so many aspects of it that I, I just, I think at the very beginning, the the loss of my work,、um, 
kind of left me in this inertia really I, I couldn't really focus on anything I I wrote a list of things that I could do sort of DIY things practical things things that I've been putting off and putting off but I just couldn't focus on anything and I kind of had this slow creeping sadness come over me and all the time you know you look around you and there's there's doom and gloom there's the death rate is going up and I started kind of tuning out a bit if I'm honest Did you? Because when did you stop watching the news? I think about three weeks in. in, in wow, so yeah. early. Yeah, I would listen to it once a day, probably at ten o'clock at night. But um, occasionally, if there was something significant for the daily briefing, but that was it. And actually, you know, even if I did tune into any of the news when I was listening to the radio, it was there is nothing. There was nothing. It was just coronavirus, and mm. I, I just was saturated and. And I just felt that because my business had just stopped, had come to a, you know, a screeching halt, the carpet had been pulled out from under my feet. And I just, yeah, I just felt, I I don't know what I felt, actually. I felt numb. I I couldn't think straight. And I, I didn't, it's only when I look back on it now that I can actually see that happening. But I just, yeah. It was like everything was going around me and I was just still in the middle, like, oh. Did you go through a feeling of uh, a period of just feeling sorry for yourself every day? I I did. And I think it was because Nick, my husband, his life hadn't really changed at all. The only difference was he wasn't driving to the office three days a week. Um, And I think I felt sorry for my... Actually, I didn't feel sorry for myself. I felt envy. I felt really envious that he was getting up at the same time every morning, doing the same routine, having his breakfast, going upstairs to his office and working solidly and doing an amazing, fantastic, worthwhile job, which he's still doing as I'm recording this podcast. But and I had nothing and I I did actually feel really pissed off. Did about you? that and one day he commented on it he said you're really grumpy and I said yes I am and he said oh, I wish I was in your position having you know however months you're going to have off and all of the DIY you could do and all of these things and I I was really annoyed and incensed with him because I just I couldn't even get my head around doing those jobs it was I felt like well I've got so long to do them what's the urgency mm. and I just yeah, I moped around. I felt confused. And yeah, I just, I looked at my inbox and it kind of slowed down to a trickle. And the only communication really was with my lovely couples mm. who were feeling really disappointed that they were having to reschedule their weddings. And, and a, so I focused yeah. on that. And of course, they were going through their, their own versions of uh, of of disappointment yeah. and upset and absolutely uh, and some of them of course having uh, personal battles with with venues yeah and it wasn't you know the venues of course were having their own personal battles with insurance yeah. companies yeah. it was a great sort of um a, a like domino, domino run of, yeah yeah of, exactly that. of this going on nobody could help each other no you could reach out and and try and be helpful and listen but but inevitably it, it didn't really help the people that you were talking to and they weren't helping you because you were losing bookings and then wondering what your business was going to do and so on. So I think the other thing I did, which we talked about in the last podcast, was that I had um, signed up to volunteer and I think I was probably one of the early adopters. And so I was able to go out and that gave me some out, 
some reason to be going out of my house when everybody else was locked down. And I felt that was helpful because I was doing something I was giving something back mm. and I felt there was there was something of service in what I was doing, a purpose in what I was doing. Mm. Um, so just doing Meals on Wheels, it seems such a kind of trivial thing, but honestly, I really have and I, I still really enjoy doing it. I still do it. Um, it's been a lifeline for some people. Yeah, and it put my own situation in perspective, which I did find helpful. Mm. I do find helpful even now to know that... You know, when I knock on that door, there's there's one often a lone person behind that door that hasn't spoken to anyone all day. Um, and sometimes you, they, they can hear you coming. They hear the car pull up outside or whatever. And having that moment, I there are lots of things I've realised in this time. And I've realised I'm a giver in life. I'm a doer in life. I'm not really a taker. Mm. I'm a doer. And my pleasure and my purpose comes from giving and doing. And that, that just doing that Meals on Wheels made me realise that this, it gave me such satisfaction mm. that it made me start thinking about what it was that I was missing. And yes, I was missing the work and yes, I was missing my income, but it's the people. Mm. And that has really I mean as time wore on it made me realize more and more how I was just missing human contact because mm. I wasn't really having it at home my husband went up upstairs at nine o'clock in the morning and came down for supper at eight and mm. very often went back up again until after I'd gone to bed see I, I look at that your your relationship with your husband we've t mm. we talked about Nick obviously on the last yeah. podcast as well of course he's he's there with his superhuman costume yeah. on saving the world saving the world world mm -hmm. um, yeah. involved with a very large drugs company that yeah. of course are involved with fighting this horrible beastie that we have um, but um, but but equally I, I wonder whether that would also be awkward for you because of course you know the answers to some of the questions that we all want to we, we all want to know well it's it it's such a slow burn producing a vaccine I mean I am the lay person sort of in the house because it, that's his job and he's he sort of goes to work and it's all behind closed doors and you know I just know that he makes vaccines or he he doesn't make them he does the studies that you know that make the vaccines available and that's what he's doing now he's writing the protocols and what have you um, and he doesn't give away too much but what I do know is that it's a really we're playing the long game here because you know the whole of the globe needs to be vaccinated ultimately and so there's room for all of the um, pharmaceutical companies that are making the various vaccines for coronavirus. Um, I guess it is a race, but it still has to be done with integrity and, and a great, a staggering amount of detail. I mean, there's just so many aspects of it that people don't really appreciate, mm. you know, from just the safety side of things to the actual, you know, um, to doing the actual studies to getting the vaccines made. I mean, that's just a phenomenal thing in its in itself you know vast buildings making the vaccine and then getting the vaccines okay. to the individual another huge aspect i mean i i know nothing about it i'm not even going to pretend to but it's it's vast and just we can't just click our fingers and hope that this is going to be over in a matter of weeks it, it simply isn't you know where they have to do a really sound job do it really really well and and you know sometimes these these vaccines take up to 10 years to make and, and they don't have that this yeah time. so he the fact that he's working 
every single day and I and I don't exaggerate every single day even at weekends um, he will do a little bit or a lot depending on where they are with that aspect of the research um, has been exhausting for him but he doesn't he seems quite resilient um, and as a bystander I, I seem quite pathetic it's been incredibly lonely and I don't resent him at all I think what he's doing is amazing because your boys aren't home either are no, they no my boys we, we, aren't home yeah so it's been really, really difficult, yeah. long, arduous, and I feel like almost like a grief. I think it's it's a bereavement in a way of well, the life yeah, that I had. Yeah. And I feel that everyone must be in that to yeah. some extent in their own lives. The, the, the loss of the life you had, um, and then you're in this kind of limbo, and what's it going to be like going forward? None of us really know that. So because it's, it's 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 also down to all the the small things that mean so much. I went to the local DIY store here, mm. and and because people in different countries listen to this, B and Q probably won't yeah. mean a lot mean to, 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 them. Yeah. to the Americans, for example. But it's a reasonably big high street brand. And I walked, I, I I drove in, and I looked at the queue, and it was I was so depressed. Mm by seeing what looked like an hour ahead of me yeah. just in a queue. I thought it felt like I was yeah. at Disney or something, trying to get on the most popular ride. It's exactly like I just like bypassed Disney. it. And I went, to, I went to the other unit down the road. <laughs> Still had to queue, but it took me 50 minutes to get four sheets of MDF and a, and a pot of paint. That If, if grief seems such a um, terribly strong word to use yeah. for, for four bits of MDF and a <laughs> pot of paint, but it... They're the experiences that I absolutely loathe. Yes, yes. I mean, for me, I have been to B and Q. I have, um, I have painted my shed, so I needed the um, the paint for that. And I've been to Screw Fix. <laughs> I've got something else. Oh, I've something to do with planing down my workbench. So I've I've been out and I've done all of these things. And the one thing I haven't done, which I know a lot of people have done, is I haven't done any online shopping because mm. I was of the opinion that I'm healthy and I could queue um, and I needed to get out. Mm. So um, I don't have a fear. I still don't have the fear of getting coronavirus. We At the last podcast we talked about, was I afraid? And I'm yeah, absolutely not, not no. concerned about getting it at all. Um, it's everything else. Everything else but... Mm flipping coronavirus that bothers me mm. <laughs> literally everything else the social thing of people walking um across the road in fact it's just reminded me of something that yeah. happened when in february so we're, we're with with about a month to go to corona god <laughs> if we'd have known but we were at oslo airport uh -huh. and the news was coming out of china but the face masks you were seeing more and more and my son who um who is 12 it would have been 11 at the time, so he's had a birthday during this. Yeah, me too. God, that was another story. But he didn't have a birthday. No, nor did no. I. <laughs> and um, But I remember at Oslo Airport on the station, on the platform of the station, um, Jack saw somebody coming towards him with, with a mask, and he literally walked at right angles to go around this person. And that was, figuratively for me, that was yeah. the start of this. Yeah. And, it and, is alien, though, and, isn't it? And that, having a mask. I think we're all struggling with that. Yeah. Seeing masks. Gloves. And gloves. Sanitizer. Yeah. 
it's very uncomfortable going out for your walk. Yes. That you're allowed. Yes. I know you're allowed more than one a day now, yeah. but to go out for that walk and have people walk around you yeah. as if you've Into got the, the plague is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I think that's, yeah. I almost fell in the canal, and this is a, a comedic moment because I was trying to move over too far with a bike. Yes. I've been there on the canal with the dog. I and don't do the canal anymore no, for that reason. For that reason, exactly. Yeah. I did exactly the same thing. I, I feel like everyone thinks the other person has got coronavirus um, and I have to keep having a word with myself about the fact that if you have coronavirus, unless you're one of those ones that doesn't know they've got the symptoms, but mm. I really struggle with the whole body language thing uh, because I'm so communicative mm. anyway. I find, yeah, the whole giving everyone a wide berth, I just want to hug people still. Mm. I just, I miss all of that body language i'll give anything for an elbow bump now. i know i know i'm not even allowed exactly. to do that exactly i know i mean we're sitting two meters apart exactly and and we couldn't have a hug this no, morning i know it's grim it's grim there were some positives though there have been some positives and for me um i loved the clap for the key workers oh, i really yeah. really did you go outside and clap we did every time yeah do you know i'll tell you something funny we we had uh, wooden spoons okay the boys have broken every wooden spoon, <laughs> smashing the, the pans with a vigour. Some people haven't appreciated it, though, have they? Some people have said this is not the right way. But I'm interested because you you are a former nurse. Well, you're, yeah. you're always a nurse once and you've been a nurse. my husband's a key worker. Yeah, and your husband's a key worker. So you're saying you appreciate it. I think it's really lovely. And I felt like there was a sense of community. And I live, um, like you, Neil, on a big main road. And so I don't really see my neighbours over the fence mm. because we have kind of trees and and what have you hedges big hedges and so coming down onto the road there were two things that struck me firstly ah oh, other humans yes <laughs> hello hello and like kind of like kind of hollering over the road mm. and also no one on that road no one so the first few weeks it was incredible it was absolutely silent apart from just i i, I did by the second week i bought got the saucepan and the wooden spoon out um the first week nick didn't make it down he was just obviously on a meeting somewhere in his office um the second week he came down and he came he came down every single week until last week which was apparently the last one mm. um I, I like that solidarity and appreciation for for our nhs and our key workers right down to the dustman i think fantastic mm. you know blow the trumpet for all of them so i i loved that that was one of my highlights the other thing was i've really enjoyed the quiet roads because in this time i have started cycling because in my frustration, in my real misery, I've needed to get out there. Um, and so I've gone cycling. Um, and, yeah, I've lost two kilos. <laughs> so there's an upside. I, I, I can always find a positive in, in oh, my doom and gloom. You feel terrible. I put two kilos on. <laughs> because in our place, it's been like the bake-off. Well, exactly. It's been cakes and beer. <laughs> Yes, this is true, actually. This is true. I think they call it the COVID-10, the 10 pounds that you put on during this time. But actually, I've lost it because I've been cycling and actually because I've been really unhappy and I've not been hungry. Um, But that's not to say that I haven't baked. I have made my first banana bread and we did make sourdough beforehand. But I have been giving everyone my sourdough starter to get everybody else (laughs) onto the sourdough. So there have been some really positive things and i've been really grateful for the um for zoom <laughs> well, for zoom and for facetime i think we should come back and talk about zoom we we didn't plan on 
on well you didn't plan it's not my podcast it's yours <laughs> we didn't plan on doing a a, a talky one did we on the no. but i think we we've got enough for another one to come back with next week as well yeah. haven't we yeah we have so definitely should we do Shall that we? let's let's get it off our chest <laughs> the english florist is a loadingzone.co.uk production and available wherever you get your podcasts including spotify apple and google podcasting apps 